Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back from 6th and Peabody with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, Jacob Swanson, David Reed, the chairman of the board, Ellie Sylvia, our great production assistant. Big weekend to recap with you today. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Gentlemen, good afternoon. So good to be with you guys after a uh, big weekend, big for many different reasons for the uh, three of us, but uh, excited to recap what was, as always, an eventful football weekend. Lots of storylines coming up. I've got one that uh, pisses me off that I saw unfold, one that pisses me off because I made a premature determination about a team, and much, much more. Injuries uh, across the, the NFL a bit yesterday. Uh, Some updates today from their coaching staffs. Ron Rivera letting everyone know Chase Young is, in fact, out for the year with a torn ACL. So the defensive rookie of the year from last year, who was not having a great season. wasn't doing anything. But um, a talented young player, done for the year uh, in Week 10 with a torn ACL. Baker Mayfield for the Browns is day-to-day. He has a knee issue that kept him out of uh, part of the game yesterday with the Patriots. T.J. Watt, an MRI, uh, good news for the Steelers, negative on the MRI with his knee and hip. So he is going to return sooner rather than later. So will running back Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, He had tests done. He has a mild MCL strain in his knee. Uh, He will be back in a couple of weeks. So good news for a couple guys, bad news and detrimental to other teams. And what is a jam-packed and crazy NFL season where over the last three weeks... We have seen the one and five Jets beat the five and two Bengals. We have seen the one and six Jags take down the five and two Bills. The two and six Giants have beat the uh, beaten the uh, five and two Raiders. Let's see. The Ravens lost to the two and seven Dolphins. The Ravens at the time were six and two, and the six and two Bucks lost yesterday to the two and six uh, Washington Football Team. Plenty of parity, maybe a bit of mediocrity. And, oh, by the way, the Pittsburgh Steelers could not beat a winless Detroit Lions team yesterday. That ended in a tie. And Najee Harris afterwards says, I didn't know that you could tie uh, in the NFL. I feel like this happens every, every time year. there's a tie in the NFL. And I just don't understand. Uh, I love the honesty, but just don't admit that. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> I a would just call. go ahead and say, oh, I was I kidding with guys on the sideline. I thought the biggest result. Najee Harris had the right idea, so we just go and play another quarter, right? Until someone scores. How about Dan Campbell? No, it's over. He was like, "Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm mind numb at this point. I don't have to describe this. Like, we, we didn't lose, but we didn't win, and I hate it." Well, I mean, it is a good development (laughs) in that they're not going 0 17. So, I mean, you take it. uh, You'll take it if you're Detroit. I, you should take it if you're Detroit. I think the biggest result for me, Hutton, from my perspective, 
is New England blowing the doors off of Cleveland. I mean, the yeah. Patriots are for real. Um, and the way they're managing Mac Jones, I couldn't believe this because I watched a thorough highlight package and I saw Mac Jones making some tremendous throws. And then I read that of his 19 completions, he was 19 of 23 for 198 with three touchdowns. And I read that 16 of those 19 completions went no more than five yards past the line of scrimmage. So the other three are the ones I saw, which were really uh, mature throws. I saw a highlight reel with some illustrations. I can't remember the analyst talking about how these, uh, all three of them were throws he wouldn't have made earlier in the season, that he's willing to, to be a little bit riskier with the coverages, understands who can get where now. But for Bill Belichick and his staff to manage him in this fashion now, where he could go 19 for 23, and, and only throw uh, three of those passes beyond five yards, in, you know, past the line of scrimmage, people doing run after the catch stuff. And for them to beat a pretty good defensive team in the Browns, who I understand are nowhere close to full strength and struggling, I mean, that reestablishes some of the ordering in the AFC for me. Well, the, the Browns pressure the quarterback on 34% of pass attempts. They only pressured Mac Jones 12% because they got the ball out fast. That was the game plan. That's why. The quick passing was was so important for 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 him. Yeah, he completed eighty three percent of his passes. They had drives that were led by the rookie of ninety nine yards and ninety two yards in that game. They ended up just shredding Cleveland uh, and sent the, sent the Browns packing. Baker Mayfield limps off the field and what was a synopsis of their season. He had, a, he had a touchdown throw to Bourne that was terrific against double coverage with the second guy coming in was very close to getting there, but he made an NFL window throw, and he had another one to the left sideline to Hunter Henry. That was the same thing in a superb window. He's maturing, and I think AFC should be on alert. I know the Titans are there in two weeks catching, I think, New England. If you play New England this season, you want to have played them already, not have them coming up. I, I think things are coming together for them in a, in a dangerous way. That harkens back. I'm, I'm not. I mean, obviously, the twenty last twenty years of New England are not being threatened by what they're doing now. But that's a team that's uh, that's getting stuff right, and that a lot of these AFC teams that we talked about Hutton along the way. Now, the Chargers, the Raiders, all of these teams. I'd I'd much rather play all of those teams than New England going forward. How about this? That the last time Cleveland won in Foxborough. 1992. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick was the head coach. That's, That's a great. I love little facts That's like amazing. that. Um, it, it it feels. You said 20 years ago, Paul. It looks like this is where Belichick is very comfortable. This feels like 2001 Patriots all over again. When you watch how creative they're getting, it's not just Mac Jones. You know, they've got some fun trick plays that they roll out. It seems like every week now. To mix it up a little bit. It's, and their defense is really good. And Jacoby Myers scored. It's, yeah, yes. it took him the longest it's an exciting of, group. of like, uh, I, I can't remember what exactly the title of the list was, but it's taken him longer than like a slew of wide receivers to find the end zone for a guy who's regularly on the field. Embarrassingly long. And the team celebrated it like it was the, <laughs> uh, a Super Bowl win. There was also with the Packers, Seahawks. That was as boring... Yeah, of a football game in that late afternoon the window that I have ever seen. The only thing exciting about that game was snow in November. <laughs> yeah. That was it. I, I, I tuned in and watched when they 
I was looking forward to them leaving the camera off the field and what was happening there and going to the lights <laughs> to see the swirling snow. How much of that Russell was far Wilson's, more beautiful than anything that happened on that football field. How much field. of Russell Wilson's struggle was Russell, oh, Russell Wilson's finger and how much of it was a Green Bay's defense, which is very good? It's, a, it's both, but clearly mm, his fingers bother yeah, him. Yeah, I don't think he's He healthy. was not accurate. He, he's not ready to play. Both quarterbacks look bad. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers didn't look – I mean, uh, he had no practice – Right, leading up to it, but it, they were both rust. It was just a very Green Bay's defense was great. I don't want to shortchange them, but it was a very unappealing to the eye game to watch. I've got a big beef with another quarterback. Hey, by the way, first time that Russell Wilson has been shut out in his entire career. Yeah, shutouts are rare. Period. So, uh, I'm not surprised by and that. Second time all. ever that Aaron Rodgers did not have a passing touchdown in a game. Pretty second remarkable. time ever? Second time ever. Was Maybe a, it was second time in the last five years, but I saw that stat wow. and I thought, that's, that's another crazy one. Um, We're full of great factors. I, I, I did not know that. You that guys, that is, that's even more impressive. You guys know I'm not a Cam Newton guy at all. So he scores uh, running on his first touch. Great, great play. Out the back of the end zone, tears off his helmet, which is a penalty, announces, screams, every, everybody can hear it. There are, are boom mics close by. I'm back. I'm back. And then after the game, he spends it telling everybody how it's not about him. Well, which is it? Because you weren't saying we're back. You were saying I'm back. And it was very much about you in that moment. Then your post-game press conference should spend it telling everybody how it's not about you. Those seem to be conflicting messages to me. And he sends so many conflicting messages. I just do not get him. Well, the answer and I think is he, he is does back. not get it. He is back, and Carolina played like it. I, I understand, but then don't tell me it's not about you. It, you made it about you. Well, when I mean, you tore Julio off your Jones also Julio Jones also stands up there and says he doesn't know anything about a hamstring issue. I, you I guys object, laugh at it. I object to that too. I don't laugh at him. I think he's he's playing us for fools. I don't. <laughs> I, I hate it. Well, but he's on IR now. Well, I, I'll I will give some allowance to to Cam Newton on this one. I mean. He was tossed aside, right? He was bad last year in New England. This is a franchise he led to a Super Bowl. He was a league MVP for them. No one else in the league wanted him. They got down to uh, an injury situation where they had to go do something. They brought him back and he delivered. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, say, fun, say, I'm, fun I'm a little bit vindicated by this I, instead well, of pretending you're not. But here's the truth. Christian McCaffrey's also back. Yes. Yeah. And that helps. He had what 13 catches and 10 carries in this game and had 150 plus total yards. I mean, he's the one that took over. Cam Newton didn't start this game. PJ Walker actually weird. played okay. Um and and the 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 talk post game was, "Oh, PJ Walker played well enough to where if Cam Newton needs one more week, you can give him one more he week." He doesn't need one more no, week. No, he's well, I mean, he's learning Joe Brady's offense, Paul. That, that's what they people can pare are saying. It down to whatever they need. I thought it was kind of ridiculous when Florio was like uh, in, on Sunday Night Football, like reporting that they're willing to start him. Yeah, when he does what he did in that game, yeah, yeah, you're willing to start him. You went and got him because you need a quarterback, not because you want to ease him in. Well, they may have to. I think he'll play plenty. I don't know who they have next. I don't have their Washington. schedule in front. Yeah, Washington coming off its one moment of the season. Um, I, I think they have, they, they have an easy schedule as as coming up. They have Washington, they have Miami, 
They have a bye week, and they have Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, they're th- right back in a, the wild card hunt for me and you to pay off on our, on, on our bet. I also love Bruce Arians just calling it like it was and saying, oh, those interceptions are on Tom we're Brady. Stu- and we're stupid. But we're the, a stupid football team. Well, the reporter saying, you know, I, but there was a couple, it looked like there was some confusion. No. Did the receiver run the wrong route? And he goes, nope, those were on the quarterback. Do you like Tom's explanation? It was quarterback. We had the ball, and then we didn't have the ball. Yeah. That's what happened. Cam Newton uh, – how many passes do you think he attempted yesterday, Paul? I, I, I'm guessing like eight. Four. Yeah. He threw four passes. Uh, the, like the, It a, is a very small group of plays that they have in for him. He's a wildcat Well, he showed up Thursday. Right he didn't PJ, even have the four PJ Walker is 22 of 29. That's and, the best he's played, probably. Yeah, but I mean, again, there's. it's not like he's throwing for 300 yards here, but he's he, he knows the offense. That That's the only point that people are saying is he did well enough to where maybe they're comfortable in just starting him and allowing Cam Newton to just, you know, have some packages for Right, but also one. a big difference between showing up on Thursday when they didn't even know they had you when they game-planned right. and being able to right. game-plan for you Tuesday and install with you Wednesday. Um, so I, I would think, uh, you know, maybe they half and half it, but he's going to have a much bigger role against Washington than he did in this one. And against his former coach. Yeah, Rivera said something like, "Yeah, I have, I have stuff that I've always thought I'd use against them if I ever played <laughs> against them." So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Cam, that. Cam Newton right now is essentially Tim Tebow in 2006 at Florida behind Chris Leak. He is a running back that they spot in to play some quarterback. We were going through some highlights last night with Keith Bullock uh, here in Nashville, and we went through the Carolina game, and he mentioned he's like, "Look at the energy that they're playing with with Newton on the field." That that is a huge boost to the entire offensive group. Absolutely, there's, there's a belief now. It's a defensive now, football team. There's a belief now that you've got a little boost back because you were playing with Sam Darnold, who was terrible, and it, it was not leading your team. You were waiting on McCaffrey to get back. Now you have your former leader back, your former MVP back, paired with your team MVP in McCaffrey, and they they acted like it yesterday against Arizona. Arizona, by the way, did not have Kyler Murray, and then Colt McCoy got hurt. Yeah, they're down to a guy I never heard of, literally. Like I read his name to people in the yeah, press what, box, and we we're all like, "Who?" Some of these like, guys that are in the league we sound I, like Julio Jones on a Friday. I, I watch huh? so much. I watch what? so much college football, and I think to myself, "You look How at all the mock drafts and everything." And then every now and again, they'll pop a third string quarterback, and I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. "Did this guy come AFL? from Amsterdam? <laughs> Where did they find this guy? I've never heard of him." In all of college football, all of it that I've watched at different levels, I've never heard of whoever the Cardinals went to after Colt McCoy. Streveler or something. Streveler? 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 I'll find it. By the way, you're speaking of these change-up quarterbacks with run base. Taysom Hill did not do it for me at all. He didn't didn't have many opportunities, but he was not an alarm bell for the Tennessee Titans yesterday in Nashville when the Saints put him on the field. I know he's changing up from Trevor Simeon is different than changing up from Jameis Winston, but there was no alarm. You were at this game, too. He, he, he didn't threaten anybody no it's a, a bit of a difference whenever you're coming in for a quarterback that's not named drew Brees uh for this this new orleans offense streveler you had it where did he play his college football <laughs> come on now let's not go crazy was he one of these guys that was a backup for his college team and someone <laughs> took a chance on him is he the kyle trask of college football where he didn't start for his high school team and 
Later what, it was an NFL draft pick. Let, let, well, what would we guess? What part, what region of the country? I'm Northwest. Uh, I'm saying Pacific Northwest. Uh, he sounds like a Richmond spider to me. No, he's, def- <laughs> he's definitely from up north somewhere. I feel like Kevin Strebler starred for Richmond. Chris Strebler, please. Kevin. Kevin. Jason. <laughs> Kevin. Kyle, Anything that begins matter. with a C. I've got his bio up here. Oh, wow. Uh, he played at Minnesota and then and South, South Dakota. Dakota. And he was with Two Winnipeg. seasons for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Go, I said AFL, actually CFL. I mean, look at this dude. I'm just looking at pictures of him right now. He won the 107th Grey Cup. He looks like a guy that if he entered the game in a college game because someone went out, that you would start applauding if you were the other team. <laughs> he played three years. <laughs> oh, this, guy's not, this guy doesn't look very mobile in the pocket. We're really going to get to him and affect him. Yeah, but if you take that guy to Green Bay in November, December, he's going to win a game for you. At yeah, South the Dakota, best thing about that Green Bay game was at, the snow. At South Dakota, he threw for over 6,000 yards and 54 touchdowns, earning MVFC Offensive Player of the Year in 2017. Chad, you should be all over that Whatever. as our college football deep expert. Yeah, you know, my, he, my expertise of the North Midwest. Also. You know what? You know what? I would I would describe him as he sounds like a quarterback that wanted to play for Tennessee, but Butch Jones didn't recruit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, he's going to go on to be the like the comeback player of the year in the Tennessee fans. <laughs> but remember when we had Chris Trevler committed? <laughs> Kevin Strebler, what's Chris? Yeah, exactly. Chris Strebler, and exactly. we couldn't we couldn't find the offense to work. Let's for not him. neglect his numbers. He was six for nine. Remember when in this Jeremy game. Pruitt said that guy couldn't play quarterback in the SEC? Oh, look six, what he's doing now. Six for nine for thirty six yards with a seventy four point three rating. Poor in, guy in a loss, which was not a good result for the uh, for the Cardinals. Thirty four ten losers to the Panthers. Panthers with four sacks yesterday, and so the Cards are down to eight and two. I think this is the. The first time in a long time, there's not a one-loss or no-loss team this deep into the season. They were saying on NBC last night. Parody. Yeah. It's all about parody. And, and in some cases, mediocrity. Well, oh, in a lot of cases, mediocrity. Now I mean, the, some of those AFC teams, oh. man, that we thought were like edgy and good. Yeah, they're just needy. Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland's not a prime good. example. Let's go around the league when we come back because the, the Chiefs – you know, speaking about ed- the teams we thought were edgy and good, they were really good last night Terrific on Sunday night, night against the Raiders. We'll get into that. Uh, Vikings over the Chargers. The Chargers have fallen off. Meanwhile, the Vikings needed a win, got one on the road. The Titans are 8-2 and two and sit atop the AFC with a game-and-a-half lead on, on top of everyone. Uh, meanwhile, the Packers now, with the win, move into the number one overall seed in the NFC. More of that when we return first, though. Babel, when you're traveling to a destination where you don't know the language, uh, it, it's challenging to accomplish even the simplest of tasks. There's Babel, the number one selling language learning app. Through Babel's bite-sized lessons, you're going to learn a new language skill that you can actually use in the real world from greetings, menus, directions, gaining a deeper understanding of the culture Babbel is a travel essential, Chad. And Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. 
Use promo code OUTKICK360. That's code OUTKICK360 at Babbel.com. Babbel, language for life. Two twenty four central across the Outkick Network. Shout out to the Upper Cumberland Sports Radio one hundred four point seven Fox Sports Shoals, Fox Sports Knoxville. We say hello to you and across the Outkick Network on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Just search us out, Outkick three hundred and sixty. Chad's over here in the YouTube chat as we speak. I'm always in that YouTube chat. What's going on in there? Deep in the YouTube chat is where you can find me. Deep, deep in the carpet fire. YouTube uh, chat. Chad has entered you. This is uh, from uh, one one listener slash viewer says, bigger stud, Tom Brady or John Hutton? That's one question <laughs> Tom, going on uh, right now. Go Brady. Tom Brady. Discuss amongst yourselves. And the answer is Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady would be a bigger stud. Uh, yes. That uh, special starts up soon. Jonathan Man Hutton played well for the Saints yesterday. Uh, I was uh, watching with family, and I said, this guy looks just like John Hutton. That Should would be we Trevor the, Simeon. Yeah, we can send this out again if you'd like, the side-by-side from the Super Bowl. Well, we need to get the picture of you guys. Beardless. It's so funny, too, because you're both beardless in it, but the sling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trevor Simeon's in an arm sling. Yeah, Simeon played better with he the sling. He was ailing. Yeah. Tre- Trevor <laughs> <was> Simeon. <laughs> he had off-season surgery. Here, somebody asked, did we hear what Keyshawn Johnson said about the Titans this morning? And I think... I hope I speak for both of you when we say no. No, we did not. Nor do we care what Keyshawn Johnson said. It's so funny. We have a habit of not caring what national media says about It's so funny how riled up people get about Keyshawn Johnson. Like, what? (laughs) What basis of authority does Keyshawn Johnson have? I also don't understand getting mad about anything Keyshawn Johnson would say. Right? Yeah, I agree. Keyshawn Johnson, his whole career, he was a good receiver, but it's based on talking trash. So that's that's what he does. It's like getting upset over a wrestling promo. Well, here exactly. Here here is um, a prediction. I bet that they are very high on the Kansas City Chiefs. They're everyone's going to be saying that the back Chiefs are back. And it's hard to argue when you see the final score of 41-14 over Vegas. This is what we thought we were going to see from Kansas City this year because this is what we have seen from Kansas City in past years. With Patrick for Mahomes. the last two years, and last sure. night looked like the total package, right? They woke after, up after ten weeks. Here, are, here's Kansas City atop the AFC West. He checked down for starters, like they did a good job on that telecast, illustrating. Look, they're giving him all of the space near mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage, and over the past X number of weeks, he's been forcing it anyway into space that isn't there, trying to be a hero. And tonight, he's throwing these little quick outs and screens and stuff into this vast amount of space that he's given them in the flat. And that's where it started for Kansas City last night on the road to recovery. I'm not sure they're all the way back. Well, the road to recovery also goes to the Raiders. Of, right. Yes, Who, I right. Mean, exactly. The, that's the where I was, was going. eventually going to And break. last week, it was against the Aaron Rodgers list. Packers. Yeah. And so they've had two nice games to get some footing. And the Raiders have done well amidst all the distractions. But but things are falling apart there. It's eventually going to happen. And the Raiders, in the Gruden era, and this is still Gruden era Raiders, suck in the second half. And the second half is underway. Game of the week is coming up for the uh, the NFL with the Chiefs. They will be hosting the Cowboys uh, Ah, this Sunday. This Sunday afternoon, 325 Central Kickoff. I on want that CBS. on Sunday night. What's Sunday Unlike night? Unlike Packers, Seahawks, both teams will score in this game. <laughs> I'm very confident in saying both teams will score. There yeah. was a lot of scoring this weekend 
in uh yeah what the Bills scored yeah, a lot a ton. of blowouts not Dallas a lot of scoring by all teams just a handful of teams yeah I got that uh, okay, so that high scoring team but I had to uh, share it with another team because forty one fourteen was the final Paul last night for Sunday night football um which I gave up on late. I stuck with it till six minutes left, which I felt like was a, a win for the league. 34-10 was the final for the Panthers over the Cardinals. 43-3, Cowboys over the Falcons. Is that a statement win for Dallas, or is that more about the Falcons just running out of it's steam? It's more about the Falcons running out of steam. It's also more about, it's a nice bounce back from a miserable yes. performance against Denver. Especially yeah, because the Chargers... Because they've regained their footing. I don't know that the it's Chargers a statement. The Chargers have been losing and Go have not Chiefs. bounced back. Go beat the Chiefs well, back. Vic, it's a statement. Vic Fangio was saying, you know, after the Denver win, teams didn't just don't know how to play Dallas which I think is kind of nonsense because not everybody is has Denver's equipment to play the kind of defense that Denver played They said no one knows Dallas. how to play Dallas? He said people don't know how to play it, Vic Fangio. Because they're so great? Well, Dallas' offense. People don't oh. know how to stop Dallas's offense Come the on. way Denver stopped Dallas' Let's let offense. Dallas go you know, get to a championship game. Or get to a Super Bowl before people start talking no, about. But Dallas I don't has, know if they know how to play no, against but this Dallas defense. Dallas has scored very well. It's a high-scoring oh, yeah. offense. There's, I have no it's, beef with him saying that. He's flexing his muscle. I, he's o- flexing his muscle about his team having done very well against Dallas, which there's no shame. I'm okay in that. with people talking that way about the Kansas City Chiefs in year two of Mahomes as the starter when they're lighting up the league. Let's give it a little more time with Prescott being back and healthy. Before we start, I don't think Atlanta is very Dallas. good, but I think that's a good bounce back for Dallas. It yeah, is. It's, it's a very, good bounce back. Well, the other thing too. Again, go do that to the Chiefs yeah. or beat them easily, and that's the statement, Hutton. You're asking about what they don't know on defending the offense is when to blitz and when not to blitz. Dallas, uh, Dak Prescott in the Dallas offense. Prescott has 16 touchdown passes against the blitz. That's the most in the NFL. I'm surprised so, he's blitzed that much. Well, right. But you have to time it. And Fangio did a nice job of that Safety's last coming. week. And it, the other key, too, is the Dallas defense is built in a way. I compared it to the Colts. And it might be a step, uh, but an exaggeration a bit. The Colts in the Peyton Manning era that were built to play with a lead. Yeah. And they could play one way, right? one-dimensional type defense. If you if you make if you attack them in one specific area and grab the lead, then that defense is really on its heels. And that's what Denver did and shocked Dallas at home last week in that blowout victory. Couldn't, I didn't look at the Pollard uh Zeke split, which I should be looking at weekly because I'm very curious about how that's going to pan out ultimately. And I'm I'm getting it here. Give me 2 seconds. Falcons by the way Prescott, get get blown out. Now they turn around and host the New England Patriots who are coming off of a blowout. How about that? Blowout I'm keeping an eye on this. Pollard, 11 carries for 42 yards. Zeke, 14 for 41. Fewer, uh, lower average. This is something to watch. Tony Pollard is going to complicate this whole thing for Dallas, maybe through this season, and certainly his contract issues come around. He's Com- a good back. Complicate how? Complicate is that they got to give him the ball more often than Ezekiel Elliott, and well, then Ezekiel Elliott's, Elliott's going to be miserable. He's been dinged with something. Um, he was on the injury report, and I only know that because I play him in fantasy. And yeah. then he was off the injury report Friday. Um, and they were giving – I mean, they've been – they have managed that well. Because at the start of the season, everyone thought that Pollard was going to get the bulk of the carries all of a sudden because he had that big week one. 
And that ended up not being the case. It's been more Elliott week to week. And then he got dinged. He's been on the injury report. They work Pollard in more. I, I think they've done a nice job. Run well. I don't he think it's complicated to, anything. He needs to run well when he's healthy, Elliott. Otherwise, well, I, he has I, been. Otherwise, I think uh, Pollard continues to push there. And I, I'm not sure about when Elliott's up, but Elliott is certainly expensive. Pollard certainly is not, and his contract oh, no is coming due as well. Speaking of fantasy football, credit to the Tennessee Titans for doing much better at finding ways to win since losing Derrick Henry than my fantasy team, who's 0-2 <laughs> since the loss of Derrick Henry to my fantasy team after being the only unbeaten team for the first seven or eight weeks of the season. crawling up your back? Back-to-back back losses. I think Hutton's a game behind me maybe right there, but I am, him, I am falling apart. You mean, Without Derek Henry. you mean your fantasy team can't have a phantom roughing the passer call for you and help you out? Yeah, I needed that yesterday. I needed that against our guy, Austin Akbari, who uh, just took me to the woodshed because of uh, no Derrick Henry. So the Titans get and because and I didn't two. start Mac Jones. I, I, I did the dumb thing of starting Russell Wilson coming off injury, uh, thinking see that the coming. guy I drafted first to start should start, and I should have started Mac There's Jones. There's no way to see that coming. That phantom roughing the passer, Hutton. We got to get to that in this game. Well, yeah, I mean, I, so I'm more own, angry about that than the Cassius Marsh taunting <laughs> call. When I uh, when I watch that, if extreme. I'm the Saints, I'm thinking this is going to ruin football before the other does. That was awful. That was a bad call. That was awful. So were, was were they saying? And I realize we're talking about Jerome Bozier here. Were they saying that he hit Tannehill in the back of the head? They said. I read that they said he hit him in the head. Now, I, I didn't hear that myself. But was that the announcement? Did you hear the announcement? I just heard roughing the passer. Yeah, I just heard roughing the passer as well. But I, I think it was explained so, that they thought that he hit him in the head, which he did not. He hit him in the Titans in the get to the red play. zone. They had not been performing well in the red zone against the Saints defense yesterday. They wound up two for five, I think. Well, on a play where Tannehill was a pick. threw an interception – in the back of the end zone. He's hit, um, and it was a lot. I mean, as the ball is released, really. Late. I mean, it's, it was it's right at the bang-bang play where you have a player coming over and hitting Tannehill in the back, and it, if anything grazes the back of the helmet, it's like the forearm, right? Automat. Um, and, and on the replay I saw, and I only saw one in the press box and then one last night on uh, TV, I, I could not tell if, if it was egregious or not. Like if you're supposed to have your hands up or not, but it, I if I'm a defender, I am, and I'm, I'm I realize this is a weekly complaint. If a quarterback has his arm back and he's about to throw, are you coached to go after the football and try to force a fumble? My answer would be yes. Yeah, strip. But yet, if you touch, if you graze the quarterback's helmet, that's a penalty. I I don't. There, there needs to be more common sense in this. That was not roughing the passer. No, and he didn't even, you know, the, there's oftentimes kind of the little shove if you get to the quarterback just a second, a half a second late right. as they're throwing it. He didn't even shove him hard. I know, it, was like I know. A, it was like going back for the ball and just kind of the forearm hit the name Tannehill on his back. <laughs> That's the best way I could describe it, right? Barely hit the name on him. It did not hit him in the helmet. It was... It was a miserable call, and it was a game changer. This was. Before. I mean, that was that went from it picked off. Saints have the ball, no points down there, close to the goal Tannehill line. Two goes quarterback sneak and gets a touchdown. Yeah, this, right? is, this touchdown. was against Caden Ellis. Yes, the Sam linebacker. And then there's a uh, uh, defensive pass interference 
on Demario Davis, I believe, against Ferkser that puts it first and goal at the one after it was third and goal. And Ferkser had a false start in that between was legitimate. there, which, which that was a legitimate turned a, pass a second and three from the three, a second and goal from the three to a second and goal from the eight. So they got a little bit back there, and then Davis commits the defensive pass interference in the middle of the field against Ferkser, which was legit. Legit so, call. But, that, but then Tannehill had the good run. There, that's not just the critical aspect of the game. I mean, that, that was one of the biggest plays and the biggest decisions of the game. They get, they get points. They go up by seven. The Titans' defense then gives up a big play right before half. And on this drive previous, by the way, with Tannehill, for those that didn't watch the game, Sean Payton used all his timeouts. They get the ball back. We'll stop the clock to get the ball back. And they're getting the ball to begin the second half, so he's looking to double up. Smart. They get at 138. They drive, hit a big play, and then the Titans come up with back-to-back sacks that gets New Orleans even out of field goal range. Jeffrey Simmons and there was one other. Uh, and um, sorry, I'm Was look, it Landry? Looking right at Landry. Landry. Back-to-back sacks. Four yards, three yards. That knocked him out of field Third goal range. Third and 17 Ru- from the Tennessee clock. Into the half. Next play after the half. Opening kickoff. Fumble. Titans get huge. the ball. Go score a touchdown. So after the after the roughing the passer penalty and then the defensive pass interference, the Titans unlocked. score. They then get two sacks. Into the half. Start of the second half. Fumble. Touchdown. Two practice squad guys combined to force and yeah. recover the fumble. That was the game in a nutshell. Well, the, that, the, those three plays, I think you hit the triumvirate right there. The awful roughing the passer that led to the touchdown that erased the interception, the start of the second half with the fumble, which is a great play uh, by the Titans on special teams. And I think the, I, I put the third of the triumvirate, two plays that missed extra points. That were the same kick. Uh, you'd think he would course correct and maybe miss to the right the next time, but it was a weird sidewinding thing that just, it was like a curveball, went immediately to the left. And, and then and you missed. go, and then you go to the to two point conversion at the end, which they need to tie it. New Orleans, and Adam Troutman false starts, oh. and the play moves from the two to the seven. Hey, just, it's a whole different. I, deal. I'll say this too. You know, I don't want to spend a lot of time uh, preaching to fans about how you should feel or what you should say, but it's okay to admit that was a miserable call against the Saints and take it. Yes, you take it. You, you're going to get bad calls too. It, this is what's going on in the YouTube chat right now. Everyone's trying to uh, equivocate. The Bayard helmet-to-helmet no, on Callaway as the same thing. That was 15 more yards, even if you disagree with the call. That's 15 more yards after a big catch. It didn't erase a Titans turnover. No, that's also going to get called It's not even close the to the same as a, a big of a call as that. So don't act like, well, that, was, that made it dead even at that point. No, Callaway made a big catch. Yeah. And Bayard, I thought it was the correct call. But even if it wasn't, that's 15 yards after a big play. It's not like someone, the ball was tipped and it was intercepted, returned for a touchdown by the Titans, and they wiped it off with that call. Right. Then I would understand if you disagreed with the call, saying, well, they got the Titans back. Just accept the gift. Accept the gift this week. Know it might go against you the next week, and, and keep playing. It's okay for fans to admit what happened because everyone knows if that was the other way around, Titans fans would be livid yes. today. You know, and that's all they would want to talk about. You know about. Boger's a terrible ref. You know some of these refs are terrible refs. Don't pretend that they're only terrible against your team. They're, <laughs> they're terrible against yeah, everybody. there's just no management with him at all. His crew, it's, who, it's a problem. who knows what they're doing, you know? Yeah, and Byard's call is a call all the time against whoever does it. 
It just is. And, that, and that's also, I mean, he'll end up getting fined for it, and that is nothing that Bayer can do about it. Callaway turns back into him as he's coming. I mean, if he ends up hitting him in the back of the shoulder pads, if, if, if you throw the opposite shoulder as you're going to defend that pass, and Bayard hits him in the back of the shoulder pads and knocks him out of bounds, no penalty. But because Callaway unlo- turned, and to it. turned and faced him, he ends up getting helmet to helmet. Well, uh, I, I hate and, it. And people are saying, we're ta- the, the, the chat now is saying, we're talking about a third and goal holding call on Bayard, an incomplete in the back of the end zone. That was their issue. Which I still would say, did the Titans intercept it and it was taken off the board <laughs> oh, on that the, play? Oh, the first Bayard penalty, yeah. they're saying. Yeah. It's I, still I don't, not equivocal. No, because it wasn't probably a Probably a penalty. <laughs> the Titans won. Titans find a way. Just take it. Like, just accept the two. gift. Like, it's okay to just say, well, I'd be really mad if I were the Saints on that on Off that to their best start call. since 2008 when that team started 10-0. They, uh, listen, they have they find fortune and they're making things happen uh the other thing i had last night everybody telling me how good deontay foreman is i mean look he he looks fine they just played two games against good run defenses but i don't need titans fans lecturing me on how a guy who averaged 2.7 yards a carry you know is is a sufficient replacement for for Derrick Henry. We, we, and look, he might go crazy against well, Houston this I, weekend. Houston's terrible. What, yeah, the screen pass was was a terrific run. Well, n- neither, but let's not pretend guys. like Deontay Foreman is is something great. No, yet. but it is okay to say he he needs a, a higher percentage of the carries. Well, he got 11. I'm fine saying that. Well, he what, well, he did get... He, he got more get, touches. Yeah, I mean, he did. No one... Those guys aren't coming close to Derrick Henry. But I can understand. I, I feel like Foreman runs a little bit harder right now. With Derrick Henry. Peterson, well, here's, Peterson here's, doesn't look like a here's guy a, with Here's a, lot a of fun juice. like bar, bar stool debate. With Derrick Henry yesterday, and knowing the Saints defense and the run defense, is that result vastly different? Yes. I think it is too. And also, I'll say this, with Alvin Kamara, oh, yeah. I think the Saints yeah. win a close game yesterday. I do too. Yes. He, he was like 34% of their offense. I know they flashed mm-hmm. the graphic on CBS either running or passing, even in a down year, which it has been for him, he's still such a big part of everything they do. Titans ran 29 times in that game against the best run defense in the league, averaged 2.3. The Titans have a pretty good run defense themselves, and the Saints ran 21 times and averaged 4.1. It's not a game for running back. Coming up, SEC weekend, three things, three big things we learned about the Southeastern Conference based on the results from the football Saturday. Next on Outkick 360. Former Bama quarterback John Parker Wilson will join us uh, in a little under an hour. He'll join us at 320 Central, 420 Eastern here on the Outkick Network. Crew's all here today. SEC reaction time. Three big takeaways from the SEC football weekend. Let's start with Georgia who handled Tennessee and everything that Tennessee could bring at them. Even even though Tennessee left points on the field this past Saturday, it, would, it wouldn't have been close even with the points that Tennessee could have scored against Georgia. Uh, another dominant performance. And thinking about what the Bulldogs have in front of them, they, they now coast into the SEC championship game. And I mean, the toughest game left is going to be Georgia Tech. They get to the SEC championship game we expect against the Crimson Tide of Alabama. And then they play in the college football playoff. The question is, 
do they lose? Do you see them losing? Their, their defensive effort is outstanding. Offensively, they're getting enough. And that's what we've learned about Georgia is week in and week out, just as you think they're going to have a big test or the toughest test, it ends up being about two quarters worth of a pop quiz instead of the end of semester exam. They well, just smother you. I mean, that first drive by Tennessee was exciting. I, like a lot of people, went and put a couple bucks on it thinking, hey, there's Tennessee. They're going to go do that the whole game and really make it a thing. Yeah. But it's just too hard. Well, and it's uh, Tennessee, uh, I'll give the coaches credit. They've had a good plan coming out of the gates in pretty much every game. Georgia averaged giving up 1.2 points for the first quarter all season. And Tennessee went right down the field and scored a touchdown. They went right down the field again and should have scored a touchdown but kicked a field goal. 179 yards of offense in the first quarter for Tennessee. Tennessee's problem is we've seen it all year against the really good teams on their schedule. They run out of gas late, and they've just got nothing else to give. Once They they need to be up 21 nothing to have a chance to hold yeah. on to beat a Georgia. Georgia's just too good. Even when Tennessee was racking up yards and getting in the red zone, you knew it was going to take damn near a miraculous play to score a touchdown against that Georgia defense. There are two teams in the country that have the, the, the firepower and the players capable to beat Georgia. It's Alabama or Ohio State. And it's still going to take an awful effort from Georgia for them to lose. I, I am telling you, I have never seen it more clearly. They are so much better than everyone else. They can win with a game manager at quarterback. I, I think that's probably a bit too much of a diss for Stetson. But he's better than that. He's just good. Not a great quarterback. Yeah. He's just good. They're able to beat people with their defense, with their run game. I mean, they're going to have to lay the ball on the ground four or five times or throw interceptions to even lose to Alabama or Ohio State. That's what it's going to take. It can happen. Crazier things have happened, but they're just so so much better than everyone else in the country. And it's you know, not even close. That one At 17-10, they had Bennett in the backfield. When he ran for the touchdown, yeah, they, a couple know, times they were just yards too slow. Or but they had him, yes, and it would have changed a lot right there. I would have forestalled things for a while, right? It would. I, I think the, the one that really hurt him was everything came out perfect to start the second half. They, Tennessee gets a three and out after Georgia gets the ball down twenty four ten. They get a couple big pl- pass plays. They are driving. They get it down inside the Georgia ten. That's so they went for it on the fourth and th- uh, three. And it was the rollout to the left that wasn't close. Yeah. If they could have found a way to score, that's midway through the third quarter. It's a one-score game. Once that didn't happen, and Georgia went and scored a field goal on the next drive, it was over. Uh, and all all that was in doubt then was the final score. And if Tennessee was going to score more points than anyone else has on Georgia, which they did with the final drive of the game with Joe Milton at quarterback. Uh, second takeaway: we'll, we'll get to more in depth as the show progresses today. But Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin are coaching very well in Mississippi. Uh, both really nice performances from their coaching staff and game plan this past Saturday. Uh, not a great game plan defensively for the Florida Gators. What has happened to Florida? Three straight trips to a New Year's Day six bowl game, and we're seeing this out of the Gators and Dan Mullen. Forty-two points at halftime. 42 points at the end of the first quarter. I mean, as you're looking around going, what is going on against Samford? Uh, a game where they were favored by 35 points. Now, to Mullen's credit, whatever he said at halftime lit a fire under their offense because they were down 42-28 at one point and came back to win. 
by putting up 70, and Emory Jones is setting school records on a college football Saturday where he should have been sitting in the fourth quarter. So Florida allowed 52 points, the most conceded by an SEC team to an FCS team since the split in 1978. That's massive. Florida, 42 points allowed in the first half, most ever allowed in a half by the Florida program. Here's what bothers me. Those are me. things you cannot do against If you're Stanford. going to do something to save your own job, like fire a defensive coordinator because you hate him and your defense isn't playing that well, have a plan. Because that looked like a team who didn't have a defensive coach in that game against Sanford. They are going to get massacred by Florida State. They are going to get ripped apart by Missouri on defense. If Sanford did that, Missouri's going to score all over them too. If you're going to do something to save your own job, have a plan. Have a backup plan. Florida didn't have one, clearly. Uh, one injury of note, Bo Nix is going to have surgery and uh, will not be playing in the Iron Bowls. He's going to miss South Carolina and the Alabama game and may be able to return for a bowl game, may not. But that sucks for uh, the quarterback that's been up and down throughout the season not to be able to play against the rival. More, more coming on college football next.